All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit podcast. I'm Mike. And I am Robert. Welcome back. It's been it's been too long since last Monday, but uh, we're excited you're here and joining us. Um, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you can at LLNP Podcast. You can also download our episodes each week on iTunes and Google Play. And we've got a website. It's LLPPodcast.com. Check out our blog posts, and you can also get our episodes there as well. Yeah, Mike is actually going to be posting a brand new blog post this week, I believe. Are you not, Mike? I I might, but your last post was just so great that I kind of wanted to see if there was anything else forthcoming on that front. So. No, there's not. Um, <laughs> not one bit. You're going to have to write something. So... I'll let that's, you kind of decide what it is. Our listeners, uh, they like they like listening and reading. Uh, some about, of them, about it, what we have to say. Some of them can't read. That's why they can only listen, and vice versa. So, no kidding. I heard that Donald can't read. <laughs> is that weird? I, like, uh, I really, I, I, I've heard that. I forget who said it, but they don't think Donald Trump can read. I heard he was Hitler reincarnated. Well, yeah. Well, there's a lot of bullshit going on right now, but. <laughs> it's funny. Speaking of um, people that can't read, uh, you know, we talked about it last week with George Bush going on like this little tour for his uh, his deal. Yeah. Did you ever? I don't know who he was talking to, but he was uh, he made that comment like, "There's a lot of people that don't think I can read," <laughs> you know. And I thought it was pretty damn funny. Um, <laughs> but you know, because he can obviously, he's a lot smarter than Obama was. He just couldn't speak well, or I'm sorry, he couldn't speak goodly, or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. He talked pretty one day. That's a that's a literary reference for our, our literary fans. Are there any? Maybe. I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. But we're here today to talk about the ACHA. Yeah, so Trump Care. Well, that's what everyone's talking and that's what they're trying to brand it. Are you going to let them call them that? Call it that? I mean, no, shouldn't it be Paul Ryan Care? I mean, if anything, I mean Trump's not writing it. Right? That's what I would think. But, yeah, I, I mean, I guess Obama didn't write Obamacare, so. I, You know, that's true. That's true. He, he just, uh, he just, I don't know, pitched it hard. And signed it. There you go. There you go. Trump will sign it, too, I'm sure. If, honestly, if it even makes it out of the House. I, from everything I'm hearing, they're saying it's going to make it out of the House, probably, but it's just going to go away in the Senate, so. Do you think that's going to happen? Like I don't know. Probably. Why? Why is that going to happen though? I haven't. I haven't really read that. Uh, they're saying that the Senate is just going to be a tougher critic on it. So, I don't know. Do we know what's know one in way it? Or the other. Do it's, we know what's in it? No, I don't think we do. But I think that's what we're going to try to explore a little bit tonight and see uh, see if we can't figure out, kind of dissect the A H C A. The American Healthcare Act. A little bit more. What a load of BS! I don't. What's What's the problem? Why can't we just call it healthcare? <laughs> I don't know. the uh, The ACA sounded pretty regal, so I guess we have to make uh, the replacement sound regal as well. Well, the ACA. If you put a little C in front of it, it's caca. <laughs> so, uh, which a, is shit in the Espanol. If people do not know, <laughs> I'm sure they do. 
It's pretty much the same if you put a C in front of the A-H-C-A also. It's just caja. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same. So this is like a Jewish Mexican person, right? <laughs> Do they have those? We went to school with one, didn't we? Didn't tell you. I uh, I'm, I distinctly remember that we had a uh, a Jewish Hispanic fellow in our class hmm. in high school. <laughs> Just by the way, I mean that's the truth. So whatever, I don't know. Maybe he's gonna call the ach, whatever I just said. I don't even know. So kaka. okay, you're talking about the caca. Yeah, the caca. I haven't talked about the caca since I was in kindergarten, but it's okay. You're so full of caca. <laughs> All right, this is some bad shit, bad jokes. Um, let's move on, Mike, to right. the meat of the bill. Let's What's talk about the meat. It. I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. What's the beef? The beef is that it's it's going to be worse than Obama's care. That's what the beef is right now. The but beef's what now? The beef is that it's going to be worse than Obamacare. That's what everybody's saying. You know when somebody says beef, that's like what they have a problem with? Yeah. I thought that's where you were going with it, not, you know, is it just going to clog your arteries with beef? Oh, man. I, I was going, like, with what's the meat and beef, you know, what's your beef? And yeah, right. I know. I know what we'll, you were trying we'll to do. On. You failed. You we'll, failed. We'll keep, we'll keep on cruising. Um, so since I'm a good millennial, I pulled up businessinsider.com and I'm checking out what they have to say on their report, their report on the CBO report. So the, the headline is the CBO says as many as 24 million more Americans could be uninsured under Trump care. That's the, that's the headline. So they go on to break it down. Um, they say 14 million more people would be uninsured under the law in 2018, so next year, mm-hmm. which increases to 24 million by 2026. Um, so that's a projection, which again is once you once you dig into it a little bit deeper, they they call out right off the top: seven million fewer people would get insurance through their employer by 2026. They go on to say that the reason for that is because 7 million people will not feel, well, not feel, but they won't be compelled legally to purchase insurance under the individual mandate. So they're counting that 7 million right off the bat with, of people that don't want to purchase insurance through their health, through their employer. So that's uh, kind of a false statistic right off the bat with the way that they're trying to skew that article. Should okay, so here's a here's one argument that we can dissect then, right? Should you be required to purchase health care? No. Why not? Because tell me why you should. Well why should you why should you be required to purchase anything? Well, I, I don't I don't I'm just asking the question. I'm not saying you should. I'm just asking the question, Mike. And apparently <laughs> you want to jump down my throat about it. So I will say, okay. Why shouldn't you have to? Well, really, if you think about it, people these days are going into hospitals, they're racking up $35,000 bills, and then just walking away and not paying them, right? They're called illegals, (laughs) but they don't have to pay them. They're not on the hook for it. So I don't agree with having to pay for health care. I've got to pay for health care because when I go to the hospital, guess what? i got to pay the bill. And if I don't pay the bill... They're going to garnish my wages until I pay them off, which I think is ridiculous. You know, do I want the same free ride as everybody else? Absolutely. So, yeah, no, I don't think we should pay the we should have to pay for insurance. But at the same time, well, if paying we, paying for insurance and then choosing or being com- compelled to pay for it is those are different arguments. How so? 
Well, because if you if you choose to pay for it, that's your right. Like, yeah, I want health insurance. I'm going to I see that as a first good of all investment. Mike, health insurance is not a right. But go ahead. Continue what? your statement. You just said health insurance is a right. It's not really a right. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Hit hit the playback. I can't. <laughs> but for all the listeners, tweet Mike a freaking link to our our podcast and make him listen to the fact that he said it. It's not a right, Mike. It's a privilege. Healthcare uh, is a privilege. I I disagree on that front. I don't think it's a right or a privilege. It's a consumer's choice. The same way that I go to like Walmart and decide if I want to buy macaroni and cheese for dinner or if I want to buy a salad. Okay, what happens when you go to the hospital then because or you fall down and hit your head on the toilet? Or a salad and I want to go to Wendy's and buy a Happy Meal. Wendy's doesn't have Happy Meals, Mike, so you'd have a really hard time with that. No, McDonald's. Every meal at Wendy's is a Happy Meal. <laughs> I disagree. Delicious. I disagree, and you've got to take a massive crap afterwards. <laughs> uh, We're not talking about Taco Bell, Robert. We're talking about Wendy's. Well, and Chipotle, all of them, all three. I don't eat a Chipotle anymore since they decided that they try to kill people randomly <laughs> with their loosey-goosey standards over produce. That's because they're all hippies. Anyway, so let's get back to the health part of it, uh, Michael. So wh why is it any different when... I, I don't want to buy health care, but then I choose to buy health care because I want to go pay the hospital. Well, no one else has to pay when they go. So why should I have to pay for health care at all? I have to pay. Everybody has to pay. That's what I'm saying. Like us as American citizens, we have to pay. When you go to the hospital, you are going to get a bill. When you have an aspirin at the hospital, it's $500. <laughs> it is. But when you're an illegal immigrant, guess what happens? What? You don't pay for it. A, because how are they going to find you? Is and it a B, sanctuary hospitals. You just go. You can go home if you want. If you want to, if they're going to try to charge you fifty thousand dollars for a two night stay in the luxurious, what do we have in Dallas? Parkland Hospital. That's our public hospital. You know, guess what? You don't have to pay it. You don't have to pay it because who's going to pick up the tab? Me as a taxpayer. Well, but what happens if you like if you, let's say I am an illegal immigrant or whatever, and I go there? What happens if I don't pay it? Nothing. Do you know nothing happens michael like nothing surely something happens yeah publicly funded hospitals like parkland here i don't know what's fu publicly funded in san antonio but i can tell you right now that it's the taxpayers in that district that pay for that hospital so if they have a 50 billion dollar bill at the end of the year <laughs> you know the taxpayers are going to pay that at some point with the taxes that go straight to that publicly funded hospital Maybe we should replace publicly funded hospitals with publicly funded Texas med clinics. Well, that wouldn't be a bad idea in reality. But, you know, that's where all the illegals are going now anyway, for the most part, is urgent care. And I'm fine with that. You know, you pay the cash price of $50 to go see the doctor. I'm cool with that. That's cool. Done. That's just the, the consumerist health trend that's sweeping the nation anyways. Well, that's because nobody wants to go to a real doctor. You know, real doctors are going to charge them real money. They're pricey. You know, they are pricey. But they're pricey because of the crapped out health insurance companies, which obviously we're talking about today. You know, if yeah. a health insurance company decides that to sign a contract with that doctor saying for an MRI, you're going to pay, you know, the customer. I shouldn't call them a customer. It's a patient, right? Well, it's technically they're a customer. Customers. It's technically a customer. They're but, consumers. You know, so as the patient, you're going to pay $500 for that MRI out of pocket. 
whereas the insurance company is going to pay another $500 out of, out of their thing. So, but in reality, the doctor wants to charge $1,500. But because of a certain agreement that they have with the healthcare company, they can only charge a certain amount. I think that's, that's bullshit. It's kind, of, kind of on them, though. I mean, it is and it isn't. Like, it's the way business is done now. So they pretty much have to play ball or they're, they're not really going to, you know, unless they're like a really good doctor and then they can just like say screw it and charge cash prices for their for their patients. And they'll, you know, the, the people who can afford it will go to them and they'll be fine. But it's it's not as easy to do that. No, it's impossible to do that. It is not impossible. impossible. Not impossible, but you have to be really good and you have to, I don't know, it's like any business. You have to be like the top of the line. We're not talking about plastic surgeons here, Mike. We're talking about regular, you know, GPs here. I know, but I'm just saying, like, you got those, you got those guys. They do like the concierge doctors and stuff like that. Those people don't take health insurance. Yeah, they do. Mine does. <laughs> You're a concierge doctor. Yeah, I'm dead serious. Oh, get out of here. My doctor is a concierge doctor. It costs me twenty eight hundred dollars a year just to be able to be a patient of his. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, does that twenty eight hundred dollars come out of the out of your insurance? Does your insurance cover that fee? Hell no, obviously that's it comes out I'm of saying. my pocket. You know, but no, but the other well, he does take I'm insurance. He has hundred patients. That's almost three hundred grand right there, just for the privilege of seeing him. First of all, he does take insurance. It's just for not procedures, for procedures, but not well, for the course. privilege of being able to see him. Well, no shit, Mike. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's top of the line, and he's and he's doing that. Well, so. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Bullshit, Mike. Let me tell you that. Bullshit. He isn't really at the top of his game either, I don't think, unfortunately. Well, you, you need a new doctor. <laughs> I've, I've just been going to him for, God, how many years now? Probably 20 years. So it's probably good. And he just went. He just decided to do this concierge thing like two years ago. That's it. Two years ago. $2,800 now for me, twice in, it, twice in a row. It's very aggravating to have to pay that, by the way. Very right. aggravating. Uh, I can't You're talk. You're a healthcare consumer, so you choose to pay that. Well, I choose to pay that because I'm lazy. Because you find some kind of value in that service for that price. Yes. my The value of that service is the fact that I don't have to go find a new doctor. I'm lazy. <laughs> and I don't want to waste my time going to try to find a new doctor. Well, there you go. And trying another one out. That's really the only the only reason I've ever done that. Yeah, but it but it's worth it to you, so you pay it. It's I don't know if it's worth it to me or not. <laughs> well, it I, I might be finding a I might be finding shut up. I might be finding a new one by the end of the year. I'll tell you that because I don't really want to pony up the dough again. Well, I'm sure there'll be someone else like, who will be gladly step in your place. Step in my place? I don't know if they will or not. I bet there will be. He's old as the hills, too. Well, that's another consideration. You know? Yeah. He's I don't old. I want my doctor getting the shakes when he's trying to do whatever. I don't know. I don't know either. But anyhow. Tangent. So, we got it off on a long one. Yeah, that was that was, that was was a long circle round. But anyways, um, back to this Business Insider um, article. So they're saying that the they're, they're calling this out as if it's a bad thing, but they're saying the federal deficit would shrink. So they're saying it's going to decrease the federal deficit by $337 billion over the next 10 years. Um, it rough, and then they go on to say that roughly $880 billion would be cut from the outlays because of the, de the decrease in funding for Medicaid expansion and $637 billion 
in spending would be cut because of the decrease in tax credits. So they're going on. So what is that? I can't even add all that up. My math is crazy off. But almost $2 trillion will be cut from the deficit. I don't really see how that's a bad thing necessarily. Does it really say $2 trillion? No, but it adds it up. So they're saying that it's going to decrease the deficit by $337 billion over the next 10 years. And then they go on to say $880 billion would be cut from the outlays because of the, de- the decrease in funding for Medicaid expansion. And then $637 billion in spending would be cut because of a decrease in tax credits. So because, because basically the subsidies that you get under the ACA right now mm-hmm. to... Wow, and, and and also from the revenue from the individual mandate that the IRS gets, that so seems like an awful bit of savings right there. Yeah, it seems crazy. Like that almost covers what that covers a little bit more than what Obama spent on the uh, stimulus packages. It, that covers right there about a tenth of what Obama added to the <laughs> to the deficit right there. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't really know why that's I don't know it they. I don't know. They kind of like snuck it in there. It doesn't, they're not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. They just put it in there. But to me, that seems like it's a huge positive. Um, They're saying that the individual, oh, go on. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to say it was a a positive for the federal government, but it's probably got some negative issues with with consumers, I would imagine. Would it not? I mean, A, your tax credit. So if you don't get a tax credit that you used to get, you know, that's money out of your pocket. Right? Yeah. Okay, so there's that. There's all these other people that are not paying their um, their health insurance anymore that are probably going to have a catastrophic illness of some kind, which means you and I are going to have to pay for it because, A, we have insurance, but, B, because we're going to be paying for the public hospitals. Which, that has, that's really nothing new, though. I mean, and even under the Affordable Care Act, that's one of the problems is that healthy people weren't enrolling in insurance and only the sick older people were. So I don't really know how you combat that necessarily. You can't. Because that, to me, that was like the original purpose of Medicaid. Right. So, you know, and then, of course, there was all the Medicaid expansions over time for, you know, increasing uh, availability for different different people in different situations. Um, so, you know, that just kind of happened over time and, and kept expanding. So trying to curtail that, I don't see that as a bad thing. Well, pr- probably not. Um, I don't know. But but you but you were talking about Medicare right there, right? Not Medicaid, because Medicaid is for, like, lower-income yeah. needy people. Medicare is for older people. My bad. I misspoke. Okay, I just wanted to make sure you were talking about the right thing. And so our listeners... Didn't get uninformed by Michael here. Don't make they're that a get, pattern. They're going to get uninformed <laughs> by me at some point anyways, but, but not on that point. Thanks. And I just like to correct you, obviously. That's true. I do. It's one of my perks of being on the podcast. <laughs> be your perk, too. Tweet at us. Tell us what we did wrong <laughs> or right. Uh, well, no, I just want to hear about what we do wrong. More, I think more people will tweet at us if they get pissed off than if they're happy with us. I really do think so. I need some positive reinforcement up in here. We need some positive reviews. Don't forget to review us on iTunes, everyone. We finally got our first review the other day, didn't we, Mike? 
We did. I was pretty excited. I actually pulled my car over and did a little happy dance. No, I didn't, but I, I was pretty excited. Good. You should never do a happy dance on the side of the highway. I don't know how to do any dances. Happy, sad, sideways. I don't even know how to do the Macarena, so. Well, good. It's a good thing you don't know how to do that, honestly. <laughs> it really is. That was the stupidest trend in the last, I don't know, 15 years. It was about 15 years ago, don't you think? Uh, Before that, I remember that sweeping the nation when I was in elementary school, so. Did it? I thought it was like high school. Oh, no. Was it before I remember, that? I remember being in elementary school and there was like, I don't even know how this makes sense, but they, they used to do this like, it was tied to PE class where you do these routines and you do like hula hooping and throwing balls and somehow it had like music associated with it. And I just remember them playing the Macarena while we were like working on this ridiculous routine. Did you go to some, like, clown school? <laughs> Where were you where you were doing hula hooping and ball throwing at the same time? Were you trying to I jump through a flame? <laughs> or what am I trying to say? A ring of fire <laughs> as well? I don't I actually know. went to a hippie. I was actually, we were in a cult growing up. So it was a hippie commune, and uh, that's what we did instead of math. Was Where was this? Was this overseas, or was it up north, or where? South Dakota. No <laughs> bullshit. Don't lie to me. Or the <laughs> listeners. It was uh, north of Tucson. No, I, <laughs> I went to my neighborhood elementary school. That stuff happened. It's real. Are you, it sounds like a a foreign thing. Like you'd do that in like England or something, or maybe in France, Belgium. <laughs> Definitely not in America. Yeah, maybe in California. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, obviously, nobody in California listens to us because they would just be pissed off that we keep making fun of them. They would firebomb our podcast. Well, they'd have to find it first. <laughs> good luck. They would throw Molotov cocktails at the internet. Well, good luck. Al Gore invented it, though, so be nice, Democrats. Try his house, I guess, first. He's probably got all the servers. Yeah, his gigantic he, mansion. Where the internet is housed. Yeah, he was on the podcast not too long ago, remember? Well, that's true. We we stole that voicemail. It's pretty awesome. We should try to see if we can steal some more voicemails. We might. I, I think we probably could. I mean, my brother's a hacker, so we can do that. That's right. Get him get him in the game. <laughs> you know, just like the one person that listens to us is going to end up being in the NSA and is actually going to start hacking us. What? They're going to start hacking us. Who? The NSA. The NSA? Yeah, for me saying that my brother's a hacker and he could probably hack into Trump's voicemail, which he <laughs> probably can't, but I would assume he can't. But you never know. You never know. Uh, I mean, he could probably hack his Twitter account, start sending out some crazy tweets. The problem would be <laughs> no, that you'd no never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what was a real tweet, what was a fake tweet. Pretty sad. Yeah. So be the problem. People would just be like, eh, Trump's tweeting again. Okay, so AHCA, let's go back. Let's go back. Find the breadcrumbs. Go back to our original <laughs> argument, por favor. It's so far behind us. I think we're, I don't, I don't know if we can make our way back. We need a guide. That's all right. We'll find a drone. We'll find our way back. Trust me. Does your brother do anything with drones? No. I wish he had a drone, though. It'd be kind of fun to just fly the thing around. But I know there's some crazy laws around those things. Like, if it weighs a certain amount, you've got to um, register it with the FAA and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to say, I know they passed, like, a lot of real quick and dirty, like, legislation in a lot of towns and cities about those. As they should. You know, it's yeah. funny, actually. So a quick, uh, a quick story, I guess. There's a company, I think out of Virginia, that's got like a drone catcher. Have you ever <laughs> seen what it does? 
Well, I saw this guy who had a drone catcher in Alabama when their neighbor was trying to spy on his teenage daughter <laughs> sunbathing. It was called a, a 12 gauge. Yeah, this was not that. This was another drone. And what it does is it's a super fast drone. It goes like 75 miles an hour. And it sh- but it shoots out a net and just captures the drone and makes it fall to the earth. It's hilarious. That's pretty cool. And they don't give a crap. If your drone costs $2,000, it's crashed. It's done. <laughs> You're going to have to buy a new drone. That's pretty awesome. It is. And actually, law enforcement starting to use these other like drone devices where you like they point it at the drone, they press like this trigger thing, and it sends like some electromagnetic waves at it and makes it land. It's the weirdest thing. I saw it on on YouTube. That sounds pretty cool. And I wish, I I just think they should make like bigger nets so that you could like fly a drone over and shoot it at a car and it would just like wrap up a getaway, like some guy driving away from a bank robbery or something. Most people do not drive away from bank robberies these days because most people don't try to rob banks anymore, Mike. That's false. It is not false. I'm going to have, you're going to force me to pull up bank robbery statistics. Go ahead. I want to hear it because I don't think there are very many successful bank robberies these days because of die packs and idiots. Nobody's talking about successful bank robberies, just robberies where you're fleeing the scene. I No, they never make it out. Oh, that's not even true. Well, Google Here. that shit right now. We'll I take, am. We'll I'm take doing a, it right now. I'll have a, I'll do a monologue while you, <laughs> while you took a look. The, uh... <laughs> The FBI is actually coming up right here. There's actually one of the headlines is FBI bank robberies rise in 2015. So okay, that's, that's the, two years ago. Yeah, I'm pulling up the 2016 stats right now, but apparently a lot of people are trying to access this data because it's going really slow. No, that's called the federal government. They have no money. Remember, Obama <laughs> spent all our money on the ACA, and here we are trying to save what you what you said two trillion dollars over the next 10 years and guess what what then we can get some faster internet at it's the capital it, it's saying in 2016 in chicago they increased so every that's... crime increased in chicago over the last <laughs> 10 years exponentially next stat all right california topped the country in bank robberies guess how many uh three 166 bullshit i don't believe you yep this is uh can you name can you name a red state where bank uh, robberies are, <laughs> are very quite often? No. North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho, Maine, and New Hampshire had none. Illinois tallied thirty seven. This is actually from two thousand eleven though, so it's kinda old. But it's not that old. It's not like from nineteen eleven. So But you're saying anti gun states, right? Pretty much. Uh yeah. That's a good point if we're gonna go there. California, Which, Illinois. I mean, we're not even talking about healthcare anymore, but we're talking about bank robberies. I would, I would beg to differ with you on Illinois. I would say that most of their criminals are very pro-gun, They're, as we've seen. Criminals are always lately. pro-gun. All right, they're always pro-gun. They're always pro their guns, but they're very anti-law-abiding citizens having firearms of their own. That's the Holy issue. Cow. Um. So most of these. So during the third quarter of wow. The third quarter of 20, 2011, the FBI um, said there were 1,094 bank violations uh, of the federal bank robbery and incidental crime statute. Um, most of these were robberies, but also included burglaries, larcenies, and extortions. 
here's some here's some uh, other observations. Money was stolen in nearly nine out of ten incidents, with an average of nine thousand five hundred twenty-one dollars. That's incredible. But only twenty, only one in twenty robberies got violent. Huh. Yeah, that would not be good. So um, I think we can I think we can agree that uh, bank robberies are still a thing in the modern era. Not really. You're quoting 2011 stats and you Six know, years 1933 old. stats. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear 2016 Uniform Crime Report. You got that stat up there, Mike? No. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because bank robberies are a thing of the past. Everybody mobile banks now. There's no reason to go in a bank unless you're trying to rob it. So they just lock the doors. <laughs> I don't know. Tell that to Bank of America. They're still popping branches up left and right. <laughs> yeah, well, Wells Fargo was too, and they were popping up bank accounts left and right too until they got caught doing some really bad things. Shut down a lot of a lot of banks. You know, isn't that a, a the Dodd Frank Act? You know, it's hard to tell the bankers from the bank robbers sometimes. Well, it usually is. It usually yeah. is. What are you gonna do? One in, one in the same. One drives a Porsche instead of a uh, Honda. Who drives the Honda? I don't know. Maybe I should have said Hyundai. Who's who, who's driving the Hyundai? You're talking about the bank robber driving the Hyundai? Mike cannot talk. <laughs> Damn yeah, it, that's Mike. What, that's what I was talking about. Damn it, Mike. Robber. I can flat out not speak this evening. Um, no, bank robbers do not drive Hondas and Hyundais. No, what are they driving? <laughs> they drive old-ass Chevys. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I saw that when I was looking up the FBI crime statistics. It was. It was. It was 85 Cutlass Supremes. <laughs> yep. yep. Don't forget I, it. I don't, I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> I'm reading it right now. I don't know what you're doing. Fair enough. All right. Um. So, Affordable Care Act. <laughs> the American Health Care Act. Yes, both. Are they both going to be shit? I think they're both going to be shit. Well, so you brought up Paul Ryan earlier. Um, he says they've been working on this for over a year. I don't really buy that. Well, let me put it to you this way. If they have, they all need to be fired. Because if you can't come up with anything that's worth a damn in a year's time, you do not deserve to be on Capitol Hill. Period. Do you agree? That they should have come up with something better in a year? Yeah. Yeah, but they were all too busy campaigning against Trump. (laughs) That might be true. They probably did all campaign against Trump for the most part. And look, he won anyway. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Instead of, like, focusing on brass tacks, they were busy, you know, trying to to get, you know, hedge their bets politically, which— you know, whatever, surprise, surprise, nothing new, but... Yeah, that's just a way of politics. It happens. But, you know, like, how... That's what's frustrating. Like, how long can that be an excuse? Forever? Like, oh, that's just politics. That's how it works. Well, how long has it been an excuse? I don't know. I I mean, I would venture to say since at least, I don't know, World War II? Forever. Maybe before that. I don't know either. I don't know the answer to that. George Washington was a reluctant president, and so probably with him, that was probably the last time. <laughs> you, you might be right. You really might be right. 
And that's the first on the LLMP podcast that Mike is right. But hey, it must be a second or a third time that I'm right. I, you know, I don't know. We might have to put a counter up on the Twitter page or on the on the <laughs> on the website seeing how many times Mike is correct. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Idea. Since your brother's not busy flying drones, maybe we can get him to to devise that for us anyways. Yeah, I don't know. He probably will. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Who knows? <laughs> I just don't know, Michael. What are we going to do? Oh, God. I'm here he comes. sure I can get one of my guys on it for you. This is Donald Trump, by the way. It would be tremendous. Well, It'd President Trump, would you please get off my damn podcast here? <laughs> Robert, Robert, you know, I love the Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit podcast. It's hard for me to... Hard for me to leave. I just kind of, I just kind of, I just kind of stay in your studio, did waiting you, for an opportunity to to jump in. Did you notice there was like a little bit? If you if you rewind it, which I can't do, but if you rewind it, you'll you'll hear a little bit of a, almost like a British a British voice in between <laughs> some of those phrases. It's pretty damn funny. That's so weird because Donald Trump is not British. I know, I know. What Where are we is gonna that do? Coming from? I don't know, Mike. I don't know. He's kind of crazy. Weird. That's just weird. It is. It is weird. So, anyway, so healthcare is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? I think we've decided we don't know. Um, I don't know. I think it's a step in the right direction. I think they're. Uh, so, if you listen to some of the commentary that everyone's saying on the the talk shows and radio shows and whatnot, they're trying to convince everyone that this is a step in the right direction. That they're saying that the ACHA or the AHCA, however you say it, is apparently a three-part process to getting healthcare right which seems a little far-fetched to me well okay i mean i could buy that if they say it's a three-part deal it probably is you know you can't just you're not going to get it perfect right off the bat number one clearly we showed that with obamacare so it wasn't good really there was a couple I was gonna of say we didn't leave perfect alone we didn't even get it good <laughs> Well, I mean, there were a couple of good things. I'm not going to lie. There were. You know, you had the uh, pre-existing conditions, obviously, in the lifetime maximum that were okay. I mean, that was two good, good things. Good for consumers, bad for business. Well, it is what it is. I mean, as a consumer of health care, I'm glad that both of those are in there. Personally, because I'm fucked up. I got a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that there's no lifetime maximum. And, you know, people can't say that I can't have health insurance for pre-existing conditions. Now, Yeah, but it just seems like a slippery slope. Like, when you start, like, getting into the nitty-gritty of business, like, to listen, that extent. Listen, that is not an argument that I'm prepared to have, and this is the reason why. I had an, uh, Everything you can always say has all these slippery slopes once you go down it. You know, that's bullshit. When I'm in, I'm in business, right? Okay, we're we're talking. I'm talking to my boss and you know a couple of people in a meeting not too long ago, and we're trying to finalize this one product, this one product, and his the CEO is in the meeting with us, and he keeps coming up with these one-off situations. He's a Democrat, by the way. This is this is what he's kind of like thinking with his feelings, not with facts, but he keeps kind of going off these one this one thing. What what if this happens? So we answer the question. Well, what if this happens? We answer that question. What if this happens? Okay. How many of these do you have? Because <laughs> this is just making the meeting a lot longer. And you could say that about anything. There, there are infinite possibilities. 
So do you write a law like you do business for the masses and hope that it incorporates more people? Or do you try to say, okay, look, this isn't going to work because this is not going to work for this person. This is not going to work for this person. This is not going to work for this person. You can't do business like that just like you can't write healthcare reform like that. It's not possible, Mike. Well, that's my whole point. Like, how can you how can you take something like that that has such a huge impact on an entire business segment and and regulate it down to that detail? Well, if you looked at like how can you what take was, away something like that? Well, if you looked at how it was beforehand, I still didn't have a problem because I have a job. And so my health care is paid for by my company. We've gotten into this a couple weeks ago. So my company pays my premiums minus a certain amount. And I'm covered, whether I've got a pre-existing condition or not, which is kind of nice that I have the ability to do that. Now, if I was not at my current job and I was working at, I don't know, McDonald's or some other place, you know, that doesn't provide health insurance, Unless no, you're a super insurance. No, only if you're a full time employee. And let me ask you this question. How many people at McDonald's do you think are full time? Uh, a decent amount. Bullshit. It's I, the same I'm, it's the same problem that Walmart was having. The whole stink about Walmart and their healthcare system was they were keeping people at thirty two hours and below a week because they didn't want to pay them benefits. And that's what happens. So when you have healthcare come in and or Obamacare and say you are mandated. You've got to pay this. You got to do this. You got to do this. That does actually help a lot of these sub, what I'll call substandard of living, group of people, and it sucks for them that that's the case. But you know, they're they're forced to buy it because of the the Affordable Care Act. Do I think that should have happened? No, I don't think that should have happened. But do I think that they should be? I don't want to say discriminated against because that's a fucking buzzword for a lot of people, you know. But you can't discriminate against somebody for something like that, I don't think. I mean, if you have conjoined twins, you know, that one operation can set them over the top of the lifetime maximum. They've got pre-existing conditions. And they'll never get insurance for the rest of their lives. That could be a very short life. And if you're a pro-lifer, like I am, how can you say you're a pro-lifer and not be behind something like that? Well, Robert, that's just one example. Well, exactly. Exactly. Just like you said. Like, how can you make decisions based on, you can't plan for every contingency. My point is you can't, you can't do it at all, period. You can't, you can't really write a law like this is going to be successful for everyone. It's not possible. So this just makes me more curious about, like, when the government became so involved in health insurance and health care in, in general. Like, when did health insurance happen? I don't know the answer to that. Actually. I don't either. I'm just asking the question. That's what it's making me think of. I'm now. I'm just curious about the, the history of health insurance. I'm sure it. I'm sure it's a relatively new phenomenon. It probably was. It had something to do with um with uh. Oh my God! Again, I'm blanking on my thoughts. Um. Uh. Da 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 da. Labor unions. That's what I'm thinking. So unions are no, probably I think the you're one. Right. I think I did hear that at some point. They're probably the ones that have had to, they established health insurance, or that was one of the, you know, sticking points with with uh, you know, labor across the the country. I'm assuming, I don't know. But I mean, you could always look that up too. <laughs> I'm playing on it, but I'm pretty sure I had heard that as well. So now that you, now that you mentioned that, I think that uh, that sounds about right to me. Also, 
Okay, so here I've got it. Um, let's see, 1920s. The individual hospitals began offering services to individuals on prepaid basis, which eventually led to organizations like Blue Cross in the 1930s. And the first employer-sponsored hospitalization plans were created by teachers in Dallas, Texas in 1929. You know about that. Look at that. So it seems like it was employer-sponsored plans. And I'm assuming that was due to unions. It doesn't say exactly that, but I'm assuming it was a teacher's union. I had heard, I had heard too, and it, the timing is consistent for the like around the industrial revolution with you know the 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 onslaught of people getting hurt in manufacturing type jobs that you know it kind of came about that way as well. So another thing that doesn't need to exist is unions. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have HR departments now. You know, we we don't really need unions for anything. All they do is drive wages up, which takes jobs away. But uh, what about all these uh, Division One athletes, Robert, now that they're, you know, maybe going to get the right to unionize? Well, good for them, you know, but I don't think they should be paid. <laughs> you know, I mean, sorry, you're getting, we'll call it a $200,000 education a year. So what is, what's your beef, as you say, with that? Right. You got to get the education and the Escalade, Robert. That's what's up. Yeah, you can't. You can't have the Escalade if you're playing for a college. Sorry. That's just the way it's written at this point. We are digressing hardcore, but maybe they maybe they're trying to get, uh, you know, better benefits to include health insurance. All right. So, yeah, no, college kids do not need Escalades and they don't need anything else. They need to go to school, get their education and be happy with the fact that they got a great education for free. Yeah. There. I said it. Now, should they get health care? Who knows? Is that another thing we should talk about? Should college kids get health care automatically? They uh, they tend to get pretty good health care. I mean, unless they're going to, like, ITT Tech or CareerPoint, which both of those went away, didn't they? Um, I don't know. I thought ITT Tech is coming back. Oh. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, most four-year colleges and universities have pretty good health care for the students through the, the on-campus. Do they still? Oh, yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know. I haven't been on a campus since 2004, so I couldn't. <laughs> I was going to say, I know I we know. had a good health, like, well, we had good health care coverage through our clinic. I won't say that the clinic was that great at the school I went to. Well, what I happened remember, to you? I got, like, happened- deathly ill. I got deathly ill. I had been, like, sick in bed for, like, a day and a half, and I went to... I finally went down there to see him and they gave me like four saltines and two ginger ales. And they were like, just go back to your room and take some Tylenol. I could have got this at the corner store, bro. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So. <laughs> Where's my Z pack? <laughs> I was like, I hate needles, but I was just like, don't you want to like stick a shot at me somewhere so I can get better? Right. It was, it was nuts. That's Anyhow. ridiculous. Yeah, so I so I don't know if they're getting great health care there or not, Chief. I don't know either, but uh, we uh, I think uh, I think you know you've heard a lot about what we have to say. Probably not about what we have to think, but um, let us know what you think about all this AHCA pro cons. You know what you think about it. Scrap it. I don't know what's on your mind about it. Let us know. Yeah. 
Tweet us at LLP Podcast. And also look at our website, LLPpodcast.com. Mike is going to have a fantastic new post up there this week sometime. A follow up to Robert's fantastic post. See, I was going to lie and tell people you did that. <laughs> you know? I, I want you to get all the credit for it. it you know, it's, it's the truth, though. That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. That's just the way it is. I wouldn't lie to you either, Robert. Yeah, I you would, do all I, the time. And I, I wouldn't expect you to lie to our listeners <laughs> and now our readers. That's right. That's right. So anyway, follow us on all that stuff. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Review Play. Review us on all that stuff. And come back next week when we'll have another great episode of the Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit podcast. I feel like you said that in your smoking jacket, but uh, I, don't, I don't have a I don't smoking jacket, Mike. I don't have yep. <laughs> but if you did, I felt like you would have been wearing it when you said that. Yeah, I, with my pipe as well. Don't forget about the pipe. That's right. Not a crack pipe. <laughs> a smoking a tobacco pipe. I don't know. Anyway. All right, Mike. Well, I guess we've had enough fun for one day. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll talk to you next time.